Welcome to the In All Jest podcast. I'm Daryl, your host, and each week I take you on a hero's journey. I leave my safe, normal world and face many obstacles on my quest to publish not just one, but six epic fantasy novels. I hope you'll come along for the ride. You can find out more information at kingdarrell.com forward slash podcast. Hi there, this is episode 17, recorded on the 5th of February, 2021. It's been a big couple of weeks where I've been killing people, throwing challenges out for everyone, and digging into the past as a prince becomes a king. Since last time. Okay, in the last two weeks, I recorded an in-between episode, finally, as promised, which covers chapters four and five from A Fool's Errand. It's called episode 16. If you haven't listened to it already in the sequences, it is the episode before this one. I will be recording chapter six in the one bite at a time segment later in this episode. Now, what's my writing been like? Well, since the last full episode two weeks ago, I have written a total of 31,782 words which takes the total in Scrivener to 144,289. Now, if you're good at maths and or been following along and checking out if I'm telling the truth or not, the, in the mathematics of the whole thing, the difference is a net of 24,555 and not 31,782. And if you've been paying attention in the previous episodes, you will know the reason why. For those that haven't or knew, that's because I am having to remove some old scenes and chapters that I wrote right back when I did the first draft of A Fool's Errand, which became the beginning of this book or part of this book, beginning, middle and end. And as I get to them, a lot of them I'm rewriting or doing substantial modifications for. So my actual written words is the nearly 32,000 words, but because I pull words away and Scrivener being the horrible beast that it is, removes them, I have only done a net of 24,555. But I am happy with the hundred and, well, nearly 145,000 words that we're up to out of the estimated total of 200,000. If I am going to meet my February 28th, deadline, it means I'll need to continue doing 3,095 words per day in my five days of writing each week that I do. Over the last two weeks, my average has been 3,178. So that means I'm doing okay if I can keep that up. But that is a pretty big ask and I'm going to have to push pretty hard to do it and I already know I have some events coming up that are going to remove critical days. Like the next couple of days this weekend, I'm completely booked out, so I will not get much writing done at all, if any. More importantly, where is the story at? Well, the point of view characters that I've been working on include Talandra, Lani, Gorin, Klanak, Uxod, two of the new characters, and a couple of others, none of which I can name at this point because that might expose uh, spoilers to you. I have been exposing more of the origins of the world situation, which means some more history has come out in different ways throughout the story. 
And each day I'm still having twists pop up as I work through everything. And I do find that intriguing, even though I've been through it before, how many ideas and story twists and parts of the character development just happen on page as you're writing them. It's not all clearly thought out in my head beforehand. Lots of it is and the key things I'm trying to achieve, but not how we get there. There's been treachery, death, and of course, poor old Lani has mayhem everywhere she looks. I have done a lot more work on the antagonists. I said in episode 15 how much I'm enjoying that process, and particularly because this is not the archetypical dark baddie that we're looking at in that perspective. And the way that we're viewing the antagonist, hopefully, will be as engaging as the way we look at some of the protagonists and and secondary characters. That's the goal. There has been a death, or a significant death, which will hopefully pull on some heartstrings at the time that readers get there. There have been some magical developments, only small, but they are building in significance over time, and they add to the breadth or deepening of the story itself. I got to enjoy using an element from a fool's errand again in this manuscript to keep that thread going. It was an idea that a reader gave me, uh, which I pursued. I found a place for it nicely in this manuscript. It was a random comment from someone that was an early reader in a fool's errand. What it did do was help me see how everyone views the story quite differently and the elements in the story that pop out to them that may or may not necessarily stand out to me, the author. And I recall at the time, I had absolutely no idea what this person was talking about when they described this object or group of objects. And I took note of it, looked at it, understood why that might have stood out. And I've been able to continue that. And I have some plans across the series, how that will play out. So I'm enjoying that. It's just fun. Constantly still having to manage the timelines or continually having to manage the timelines. There really is a lot of movement happening in Fool Me Twice and more movement that's going to need to happen. And there's just like a a dynamic game of chess, people moving all over the board and keeping track of it is, is fun actually because it's really making me look at how my story glues together. Enjoying it. Cause and effect has been quite noticeable in the last two weeks. I've been really making sure that there's a reason for each thing to happen. And it's different to how I did it in book one. In book one, a lot of that work happened in the subsequent editing that I did. And it's like the way that I'm putting obstacles in for characters and challenges as I'm writing each scene, really thinking about it in the scene. The cause and effect of just decisions and what a character does or doesn't do and how that plays out is happening in real time for me now. And while I know I'll have to refine them in the edits and that, it's actually encouraging to think that a lot more of that level of writing skill is going in at this point so that my editing will be a lot less arduous in some ways and really critical in or it will be focused on critiquing quite deeply whether it's working or not rather than just gee this doesn't work at all there are 18 
chapters of original content that are still existing in the pre-written work, which haven't come into this manuscript yet. So they live in the Scrivener file, but they're sort of below a dashed line. So I know the differences. And as I work towards them, I evaluate and bring them in. And I, I did have one a few days ago where I probably kept 60% of the general theme and some of the wording of it. But others, I'm taking the start and finish of the scene, the chapters, and then reworking it completely. So 18, if they average 1,500 words, it's going to be around 25,000 to 30,000 words that are there. And if I accepted all of that as it was without much change, that'll take me up to 175,000 words. And that really makes me a little bit concerned that 200,000 words will not be enough to finish the story. What's the ramification for that? Well, then getting it all done by February 28th will be quite difficult. Because if it ends up being 230,000 words in the first draft, clearly that's going to push out my word count and I can't do the maths in my head but it might be four four thousand two hundred words a day something like that i can't see me matching that so what comes next then well it's a sprint to the finish line not a sprint of just madness to throw anything down but pushing towards that ending all i can really do is stick to my writing process and wherever that finish line is i'll get there when i get there so if the word count ends up being pretty close and I have a couple of great weekends leading up to, to that, I may well be completed by then. But if the story requires an extra ten or 20,000 words to come to its completion, then I guess we're going to be pushing into March, which don't want to do, but you know, it's still a lot better than three months' time. So I'm comfortable where I'm at. I'm pleased that despite the new year kicking off and work scenarios and all of that going on, I've been able to get into my writing process and really run with it. We'll just see where we end up. Really, I've got to resolve some plot points and make sure every point of view character is being handled well and that they're coming to the conclusions they need to come to. So that is what I'll be working on over the next two weeks. One bite at a time. Talandra. Tule stood up in her seat something she always did when it was her turn to speak. It was either to make herself appear bigger or simply because standing on the floor wasn't practical around such a tall table. She cleared her throat <clears throat> and began. As my dear friend has so simply put it, the city is starting to look worse for wear. I've raised the matter before and there's not an easy solution except getting more hands to work on maintenance and cleaning. The cost of that becomes an issue as well. I'll get into the finances shortly, but from the numbers I've calculated, I can easily add another 30 or so people to the city crews for general work. That will free up some of my craftsmen to get started on the most important construction work. As for the city guard, we have an overall problem there. Which is? Lionel asked. There's a particular set of needs for people to be guards, and we can't grow the guards if we don't have the right type of people. I can't make a complete garrison with them all being less abled, and we're not attracting in any new outsiders that might help me solve it. We don't have enough already, Lionel spoke over the pipe still in his mouth. Not for a city this size. I'm also worried 
that as word about the size of the city spreads, we're going to attract more of the less than ideal types. We simply don't have a force, we have a showing. Where would we get more of the right types from then? Junta asked. I don't have any idea. I need help. Sounds like I need to put word out on the circuit for likely possibilities. Lionel put his pipe down on a plate and made a note on the top sheet of his papers. So who will train these new recruits if you do find them, Tule? Without Ashantha to teach them how to fight, won't we just have a bunch of well-dressed outsiders? Biantek's voice was raised more than usual. Easy, B. Captain Yelder is doing a fine job. He might not be as skilled as Ashantha, but then few are. And besides, we can't sit on our hands while we wait for his return. At the mention of their colleague's name, Talandra casually lifted her gaze up the table to the northern realms and towards the stepping aisles leading to Endurk. As she did, a gasp burst out of her mouth in surprise. Everyone looked around at her. What is it, Talandra? Lionel asked. She raised her hand and pointed to the table. He must be back! They all looked to the end of the table near Biantek. It's been so long I didn't even pay attention to the lights. My goodness! And you haven't heard from him? Biantek asked, looking back at Talandra. She shook her head. Not a word. I wonder how long that's been there. The group really had reason to check on the locations of their small group, and the court meetings were monthly. It's very strange he hasn't tried to contact me. I wonder what that means. The room sat silent for a few minutes, while everyone considered the meaning of Ashantha's return. One can only hope this is good news. Having a light missing from the table has been quite disconcerting. Janta was always the most serious of them, and Talandra could see the concern on his face. It appears that's the same spot as when it was last visible on the map. Do you agree? Yantek was staring at the light near her. They all nodded in unison. Can you remind me why it was that the light disappeared, Talandra? she asked. He had a glove that blocked it. There was no way that he could wear the ring publicly in Endurk. His goal was to be captured as a slave and go unnoticed, apart from his obvious foreignness. If he was wearing such a ring, he would have stood out. Not only that, if someone tried to remove it, there would have been problems. Then we'll have to wait until he sends word or contacts you, mother. Jantha absentmindedly flicked his same ring with the thumb on his right hand. Yes, Jantha. Talandra stared along the large oval table to where Ashantha's light shone. Was she mistaken, or did it look very weak? She shook her head. Sorry, Tule, why don't you continue? There's nothing we can do about Ash at this time. Thanks, mother, and also you, Lionel. Before I go into the finances, does anyone have anything they want to raise about the city? Talandra leaned forward. I am becoming worried about how much accommodation we have. When I'm out, I get a sense that we're almost at capacity. Is that true? It has been raised by our city mayor. She's been concerned for a while now and wants an answer about when she can get more building underway in the western quadrant. What's the reasons against it? Talandra asked. Same as always, money. Maybe you should go on to the finances then. All right. As always, the books of account are in my office if anyone wants to dig into the detail. I'm confident they are accurate according to the information I have received. The areas that always concerns me a little is the safe houses. I get reports about how much they hold, but no one ever audits them. 
So there's that possibility that they are incorrect. You think someone might be skimming them? Lionel jumped in. I have no reason to believe that, or the opposite. I'm just saying, again, that I don't actually know. At some point, I think we need to audit them. The room was silent while I considered it, before Talandra spoke up. Junta, please add a note that we need to consider auditing the safes, and everyone give it consideration for the next meeting. Tule, can you put forward the pros and cons of options on how and who might do that? Yes, mother. Overall, we've grown our holdings, which is unique in that it's happened over the winter in the north. Partly, it's because Nidor has removed restrictions on travelling troops, no thanks to Gorin, and that has helped the flow of the circuit to the north. But aren't they locked down up there through winter? Lionel coughed slightly as he exhaled. These figures reflect what was taken prior to the slowing down. There's always a month or two delay in the numbers coming through for obvious reasons. So how does that affect the city and our needs here? He asked. You all know I prefer a conservative approach to our funds, particularly with the city growing. But we're holding more than I think we need for the foreseeable future. I think it's time to release funds to start more construction here. Any objections? How much construction? Lionel seemed to be leading the questions about the matter. I think at least half of the remaining space we have here. That much? asked Juntha. Yes, we need to be catering for next year, not just now. I've looked at the calculations, and because the North is about to open up, I'll think we'll not touch our long-term reserves at all. We can fund this from recent receipts and what I expect to come in. No one else spoke up. We also need to take a good look at the guards' accommodation. I'm not sure we can grow them much further without more living quarters. I'll budget for that for our next meeting. Shall we take a vote then? All in favour of Tule's request to commence construction. Everyone spoke their agreement and waited until Juntha had finished writing it down. Anything else? Not now. I need help from Lionel about finding possible recruits before I propose anything. Tule sat down and appeared to re- relax a little. Lionel? Talandra turned to him. I think mine might be the quickest of all of you today. As Tule just mentioned, the Northern Realms are heading into spring, which means the circuit will open up fully. There's a flurry of activity up that way, but nothing out of the ordinary. The troops and travellers all know their routes and are well practised at it. He paused and took several sips from his cup. I've placed several apprentices into some of the older troops, all as helpers, but also I want to mix things up next year. We've had the same groups together for many years now, and I think it's a mistake. They can become comfortable with each other and they become too repetitive for the villages they visit. How did that go down? Biantic asked. A few grumbles, but only because they have to look after someone new. I haven't made it public what my intention is for next year, so I'd appreciate it if that doesn't leave the room. All the heads around the table nodded at his request. I haven't solved the problem of getting people based in Mosca through the winter. We are allowed to travel through, but Kamasa is particularly difficult to get anywhere near. Things will slow down now through Kistan, Descare and Vatatok due to autumn beginning down this way. What of the travelling fair idea in northern Kistan? Talandra asked. It wasn't ready for this year, Mother. There's a few things I still want to resolve about that, and I think I'll need to be there for the first time. It'll be a certainty for next year. Anyone obvious you think might be the right candidates for teaching? She asked again. There's a few that are getting long in the tooth. Several suffered longer winter illnesses this year by all accounts, so I'll draw up a short list. 
I think there's a couple of others that need to come in, but who probably aren't suitable for teaching. Delandra moved forward in her chair and turned side onto the table as she tried to stretch out her back and shoulders. It hit her like a blasting wind. What she knew as the whistle came at her across the table, knocking her from her chair and onto the floor. She felt her head crack on the floor and just as the blackness fell over her, she heard the name that always came with the whistle. Ashantha. Thanks for listening to this chapter of the In All Jest podcast. For the show notes and more about this podcast, visit kingdarrell.com forward slash podcast. You can contact me through that site and find me on Twitter at IReckon. If you enjoy the show, please tell others, share my posts and review it on your favorite podcast platform. Till next time.